and we're live on a Friday afternoon from Spokane. I'm Nathan Gustafson. I'm joined, as always, by Baylor Roy and Ethan McReynolds, and we're live on iHeartRadio, FS1, and the Fox Sports app, as well as SoundCloud and Apple Podcast, and this is On the Sidelines. We do love to hear that intro. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of On the Sidelines. Uh, we have a very exciting show for you today. Very NBA-heavy episode today. Uh, a lot of talks of contract extensions, big trade rumors with stars that we're going to get into. And then, of course, we we will be giving you our against-the-spread picks in the NFL and updating our standings where a singular person is uh, taking a substantial lead of the board. Uh, stick around to see who that is and how it's all shaping out. Anyway, NBA news. Uh, Baylor... You're, you're telling me that that Giannis is sort of being a little coy when when asked about his uh, con- supermax contract extension, right? Yeah, he it, it's pretty much that Giannis is decline. <clears throat> he's kind of t- declining to talk about it currently. Um, it seems as if he wants to. Uh, I mean, skedaddle, skedaddle. Yeah, I I, I mean, Drew Holiday's cool. Chris Middleton's cool, but like, would you rather play with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton or the Miami Heat, like? Or like Dame, or like some, you know, someone. Yeah. Other than hey, someone. Suns have max Just space next uh, off season because <laughs> Paul's off the books, bro. A hey, Giannis to the Suns. No, nah, bro. No, nah, the Suns would like re-sign Chris Paul to like a super <laughs> max. max. Yeah. <laughs> he's like forty four. Yeah. Like what? Like a Robbie Cano type yeah. deal. Like, like wait, how does that? <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. I but I mean, in all seriousness, I think that like, I think there's one team. That if I'm the Bucks, that I'm really just gonna start working towards making it like literally sitting down and like arguing like we have a better situation in the Heat because I think that that's the only team currently that has a better argument in my opinion. Um, you know, they just made the NBA Finals. Um, most of their guys are still on <clears throat> rookie deals, so they'll a lot have of, space. A lot of budding stars yeah. as well. Yeah, like Heroes cool. Uh, Bam's cool. They got um, Goran will be old, but he's pretty good still, and they can probably re-sign him for pretty cheap. He's pretty cool. Yeah, he's yeah. he's cool. He's cool. Uh, Jimmy Butler's cool. You know, <laughs> their entire team's not bad. Um, also, um, I think that the one other team that seriously has a shot is uh, Nate's boys, the Mavericks. Um, I know Nate doesn't want it to happen for Luca's legacy or whatever, but like, dude, it's literally the best, pl- second best player in the world. Like. You know, Giannis is not the second best player in the world. Well, according to ESPN, he's not in the top three. So I think I think he's the second best player <laughs> okay. in the world. But I mean, like last year in the playoffs, like yet again, he failed to perform. Hold on. Got some loud cars going going by outside the window. Sorry about that, boys. Um, so, you know, I, I agree, Baylor. I think Miami is the destination that makes the most sense. Pat Riley has proven in the past that he can land big stars. He brought LeBron out. I think that Miami gives him a very good shot at serious title contention immediately. Uh, if you look at the Mavericks history, it's mostly bringing up young stars and letting them develop within the organization. They haven't been huge on landing uh, free agents of that caliber. Steve Nash. Uh, what's up? Steve Nash. Didn't Steve Nash start in Dallas and go to Phoenix, Dallas, Phoenix? Yeah, but I mean, like Steve Nash at that point, like even in his years in Dallas, he was never the caliber of player that Giannis is. Yeah, but I mean, it was it's still a big name guy that they, I mean, it was more that they facilitated a trade for that. I mean, 
But like, I mean, if like, you have max cap space and those two young free agents, I know you're trying to make an argument for why it shouldn't happen. It, it makes sense. Like, there's not, there's very few teams that have max space. Um, and if Giannis is looking for a new scene, a change of scenery, playing with Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis uh, is is play- a pretty significant change of scenery. I think. Yeah, but so first of all, playing with Luka, he's going to have to accept, or Luka would have to accept, which I don't think he would, being a number two option on offense. I think that creates a problem. He's the. No, clear I think to- I think Luka's the number one off- option on offense in that situation, because yeah, I, I think Giannis can play off the ball. He may not be able to shoot, but he can. Like he probably is the best backdoor cutter in the NBA. And I no, don't I really think that's close. So, like, it especially with a coach like Rick Carlisle, he could facilitate an offense. You know, Kristaps off ball screen uh, into a pot for Kristaps. Giannis rolls the basket. Luca throws a lob. Like that. That's they, not at all what I'm saying, though. You're thinking practically as to how it would work in game and whether or not the Mavs would be successful. And I think they would be. That's not what I'm arguing. What I'm saying is that I think that Giannis, though he said he's willing to play with other stars. I think in Miami, he's given the opportunity to play with other stars and Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and potentially Tyler Hero if he gets to that point. But either way, no matter what happens in Miami, he's the clear defined number one option, not to mention the city of Miami is probably just a lot more attractive to Giannis than Dallas. And I, I think that that's more likely of a scenario. And we've talked about this before. I think that Toronto's an under the radar option that exists as well in this discussion. That would be cool. Kyle, Kyle Lowry's ass needs another mm-hmm. tile. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I I don't think Toronto as much as I want as a secondary as a secondary fan of the Toronto Raptors as I want Giannis to go to the Raptors. Um, I I don't think it logically makes sense. Um, like you're saying with Dallas, I think that it, like who wants to live in Toronto? Like if you can choose yeah, I mean, tricks there, Justin Bieber's up there. You know, like the other thing I'm going to say as to like, you know, part of the reason is that, yeah, I am a huge Luca fan and I do want whatever Luca's success is in the NBA to have him actually receive credit for it. But, but the other part of it is just like how much more fun was this NBA postseason? Not exactly knowing who's going to win the finals before it started. If you put, you know, if Kristoff stays healthy, which obviously at this point seems it's like a very big if yeah. Yeah. It, it seems unlikely actually, but I'm just saying, you know, if you ever go into a postseason and Kristaps, Giannis, and Luca are on the same team, you know who's going to win the finals before it starts. And I think that that makes me well, as what a basketball if Harden, fan less Durant, excited. and Kyrie are on a team. Yeah. If what? Harden, Durant, and Kyrie are on a team. Yeah, which is why I said I'm opposed to that as well. But at least there, I think there would at least be enough chemistry issues that it might still be exciting to watch. I think Whereas that... Like- that team yeah. would struggle a little they bit. They might as well. be just combustible enough to yeah. where it would be exciting to watch. <laughs> I mean, I think the one thing that they would struggle with um, would be, I think they would struggle to guard a, a really good guard <clears throat> because they would probably have to get rid of Josh Richardson uh, and a guy like Lillard. I mean, if Lillard obviously was on a better team, that's more of what I'm trying to say. I think they would struggle to guard a guard, like a, a, an exceptional guard. Yeah, but we're talking about a team that like broke offensive ratings records without adding a top five player in the league, in Giannis. So, That's I mean, true. You, you but they also got rid of, I think, one of their, I think, seriously, and I know we've talked about this before, one of their unsung heroes. I think Seth Curry mattered a lot to that team. Yeah, I, I agree. Seth Curry's um, put up some very underrated numbers. No, his like, ability, was he like, like a 44% best, three point shooter. Uh, he's probably the career. best pure shooter in the NBA. And like his ability to just come in off the bench and give you like, 20 minutes of elite floor spacing uh, mattered a lot to Luca, I think. Yeah. No, and, mm-hmm. and that helped the offense a ton, but I'll take the trade off that they got here. 
because, you know, essentially they were less of a threat last postseason, A, because Kristaps got hurt, or else we never know how that first round series against the Clippers plays out. But also just because defensively they had no help in guarding the opposing team's best player. You know, you had Maxi Kleba was given the honors of guarding Kawhi Leonard, and that wasn't much of a, a matchup, you know, possibility for even, even a, an iota of success for the Mavericks. So I think adding a player with the defensive abilities of Josh Richardson is huge. And though their offense might take a small step back because of the, you know, they'll be missing Seth. I, I think it's a good move for them moving forward. And it makes them a lot more of a threat going into the postseason. Nate, who, so obviously if you want what's best for Luca, you, I mean, like obviously you don't want his legacy tainted, but you need, you need to ship, right? Like who, who do they, who do they add? Who do you want them think, to add? Cause they need think- someone. They have two stars and see the the only problem really at play here is that Kristaps Porzingis is made of glass because if I was confident in Kristaps ability to just stay healthy and be on the court and produce at the level that he does when he's healthy, I think that those two with the right supporting cast could win a championship in the next two years without a third star. But the problem is, is that Kristaps is made of glass and he's been unavailable. And then because of that, Luca's asked to do too much and it's just not realistic. Yeah. But I mean, what I'm saying about Giannis specifically, if, if a player of his caliber were to join the team, you know, I, I wasn't rooting for the Warriors in those years just because it was the Warriors. But say Kevin Durant went to another stack team or whatever, whatever happens, you know, just as a KD fan, it's tough for me to watch him play some of the best basketball I've ever witnessed with my eyes and receive absolutely no credit for it. Like not a single person in America, not from Oklahoma City or named Nathan Gustafson gives two <laughs> craps about anything Kevin Durant did in Golden State. And, then, mean, and that's- As they I'm, should. Like it, it, it's, a, it's he literally ruined the parody of the league and Giannis- um, And I'm saying I think this, the same thing would yeah, happen. Would be the same thing, but you have to also take into consideration as a non-biased, like just observer of the NBA that the Dallas Mavericks situation, it, it makes sense for Giannis. Yeah, so I mean, and and I, I definitely see it as a possibility. I guess I'm just saying, A, why I would root against it, and then B, why I think Miami still makes more sense as, as an option, even though Dallas does make sense. That'd be crazy. Like, just one transaction in the NBA would make Nate a Dallas hater. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't I, hate. I Dallas. don't think he would be a Dallas hater. I don't think he would root against. Yeah. I don't Dallas think he would root against him either. I think he would no, just I I, significantly I like. No, I, I know. I, just I think he would call him with his talks. The way that the way that you said that. No, they just, still have two of my three favorite players in the league, so like I couldn't not root for them. But just like it, it would hurt because then now you know say say that happens and Luca goes out and in a finals becomes the second player ever to average a triple double in finals history, joins LeBron James in that shoots. 50% from the floor and 35% from three. Guess what? He'll still get no respect for it. Literally none. Literally none. As long as, long as Giannis performs as well and they play really well together and they hang a banner, Luca will never be respected for that. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Baylor, let's get into there have been some trade rumors with James Harden still swirling around. Yeah, so most of the trade rumors are currently the number one team for James Harden is the Philadelphia 76ers. It's interesting because obviously Daryl Morey is now the assistant GM of the 76ers, and apparently Houston doesn't want to do business with him for whatever reason. Um, so I'm interested to see uh, – if they decide to actually go through what the deal would look like, I figure it has to be one of Simmons or Embiid. And if it is Simmons, it'd um, probably be Simmons. I think. Yeah, I think it would be Simmons too. But I mean, I think Simmons is just as impactful as Joel Embiid. Um, because one, I, the major thing with me is I think Joel Embiid is is very injury prone. Um, mm, 
That's so I would rather take a guy who's on the floor and I think eventually at some point in his career, he has to figure out how to shoot the basketball. Like it, you can't go your entire career without being able to make a 17 footer. So if they I don't, I don't f- know though, like it's sort of, sort of moving that way. Though. I mean, he's 23 now still. I mean, he's still, he's only 20. Ben Simmons is 23. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. No way. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's right on 24. That. So holy crap. Yeah, I mean, he's still got time to figure out a jump shot. That's insane. So if I'm the, if I'm the Rockets and they offer me Simmons, it's probably got to be Simmons, uh, Simmons, and a couple picks, and then like a couple bench players for Harden. Uh, I'd probably take a pretty strong look at that offer. If I if I'm Houston, I would absolutely jump on that for this reason. You know, as of right now, you look at how competitive the Western Conference is with uh, the rise of Luka and KP, how good the Nuggets are, how well Jamal played last postseason, the fact that LeBron and AD still run the table for at least this upcoming season. I, yeah, I think it's the Lakers by far this year. I know yeah, I've said it before, yeah, but no, I don't. I agree. Just the pieces that they've added, it's so hard to... Yeah. You have, you have the, the Lakers are running the table, you have the Clippers, and then like if you're looking toward the future, you also have... Um, the Mavs and Nuggets on the rise. So if you're looking at your timeline of when you can franchise, I think the odds of James Harden bringing a title to Houston at this point are incredibly improbable. I, I don't see it happening. And it's, you know, I'm a James I think, Harden. I think it's slim to none. Like, I think yeah, it's that I'm, low. I've been a James Harden defender for a very long time. But, you know, last season I felt was their best chance. And I, I think time has run out. I don't see it happening. And if you're, you know, the Rockets organization, you could jump on getting a young star in Ben Simmons if you believe you can develop him. And that gives you more flexibility. You know, you don't have, how old is James Harden now? 31? Uh, yeah, 31. Yeah, 31. So, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're running out of time a little bit there. Uh, you know, from James's perspective, he has more of a chance to win a title with Joel Embiid at his side in Philadelphia. Uh, and then from the Rockets perspective, you know, with Ben Simmons, you'd have a lot more flexibility. Uh, you won't have any big names on your books. You know, Ben Simmons is, you know, at least at the point right now where they're not that good, where Houston could get into the lottery this year. Whereas I think, you know, you have James Harden, he probably carries you to a seven or an eight seed, you lose in the first round of the playoffs, and that's what you get. Um, with Ben Simmons at the helm, you could potentially be bad enough to get higher picks in the next couple years. And, you know, because you have no other big names on your books at all, uh, aside from John Wall, they should be able to bring in, you know, have enough cap space to try to pursue someone in free agency at some point. I mean, their roster isn't that bad. It's not. It's not that With bad. Ben Simmons, I think they're probably still competing for an eight seed. Do you? Yeah, they have Christians Wood, uh, John Wall. Um, they uh, uh, they signed Joe Greenback. Not bad. Eric Gordon, Demarcus Cousins, still uh, who they just resigned. Demar or they just signed. Sorry, Demar Demari Carroll. Like they just have a bunch of guys who are all right. Like, I think no, they're one of the deeper teams. Jerry and Grant's not bad. Daniel House isn't terrible. They have yeah, Luke and Bob Butte again. Like they they have they have Thomas Cephalosha. Like they got a bunch of guys. PJ Tucker. They just have a bunch of guys who are like all right three and D. Thomas Cephalosha still in the league. You have, you have flexibility looking at your next decade, and I think the Houston Rockets' chances of winning a title increase by making a move of moving off James Harden and bringing in Ben Simmons because it gives you a longer look into the future. And I think you've seen exactly what James can carry you to. He's going to be good in the regular season. He's going to win some games, and you're going to fall short. You kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not like the. I'm not the biggest like James Harden 
guy. Like I respect the the production that he's put up in the league, but like just like his play style, it's so hard to win with that. You know, I think the uh, Sixers would be dirty. I, I agree, but I mean, I don't know. It it can't be. Like, bro, just, like, stand at the three-point line. Like, we've talked about it on the pod. Like, just be a threat to catch and shoot. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't do that, you're not going to win. Bat- you, you can't win by, like, playing one-on-five and then playing four-on-five and never playing five-on-five basketball. You can't win like that. You can't win a championship like that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you make it interesting and, and you're competitive and you're getting your stats, but you're never going to win like that. And so unless James Harden, like, changes his play style like that, and I feel like, Nate, we sort of you sort of mentioned this before the pod, but – not like not being in Mike D'Antoni's system, which sort of you know lets him do that, um, might be helpful to his play style overall. Like sort of what time time referring to, um, but I I have to see it to believe it to see a change. You know what I mean? Just like an overall effort, and that, that's one of the, that's one of the problems that I have with James Harden. It's just his overall effort. No, so or seemingly like you know how it just looks bad on the court. Yeah, and I actually think he's grown as a defender over the last four or five years early in his career. He was a horrific defender. I think he's I actually agree. improved. Yeah, yeah I, he's, I agree. I th- it's literally the effort just on the offensive end when he doesn't have yeah, the ball. Exactly. It's like he just couldn't exactly. care less. That's And that's exactly what I'm saying. Uh, the, the standing at half court is really what kills me because he's proven, and you'll see it You know, every couple games, he's, he's good at catching and shooting. And even yeah. if he stands where it's a deep three, he can catch and shoot from 27 feet well, there, you know, there, there's no way that if you can, like, all those ISO shots that he makes, you're telling me that you can't, that you, he wouldn't be good at catch-and-shoot situations? Like, no, but that's well, he I'm, should be even better in catch-and-shoot situations than he is in ISO ball. No, but I think there are some guys where just having dribbles gets them into rhythm. And, like, I I understand wanting to, to you know, have the ball in your hands. I don't have any problem with him going ISO on a significant portion of the plays during a game because he's insanely good at it, and he's proven yeah. he can win in the regular season. It's just when you don't have the ball, James, you have to contribute something and at least be a threat and give the defense something to think about. And that's what's been lacking in his game. And I don't know if it was enabled by the Rockets organization, if he'll never change, if it was specifically Mike D'Antoni. I don't know who it was, but I think at least in Philly with Doc as a coach and with Joel Embiid as a teammate, we could potentially see change there. Yeah, that, that would be definitely interesting to see. Uh, I really don't want him to go to Brooklyn. Like, I, I don't think it would work out, but, like, I just don't want to see that. Like, obviously, like, I, you know, I'm i a big KD guy. Like, he started his season in he, – he started his career in Seattle. I have a Sonics KD jersey hanging in my room. Like, even though he snaked OKC, he'd go to, you know, chase rings and everything. And, like, he's always been an advocate for Seattle. So I'm a big Kevin Durant guy, and I just don't want to see – any of James Harden, Kyrie, and, and KD on the same team. I just do not think it would work out. So, uh, I mean, are you guys, like, rooting for him to go to a specific place, or are we just talking Sixers because it's I the most him, likely? I mean, I would like to see him on the Sixers. I think that, like, bro, his usage rate would be through the roof again because I don't yeah. think they don't have another primary <laughs> ball handler other than, like, Tobias is all right, and then that Shake Milton dude can. I mean, Joel's got to get his touches, too. You know, like there's not. Yeah, I mean, like, like I mean, like he, Joel like, will probably command more touches than Russ. No, <laughs> I don't know. Not like because Joel needs the ball in his hands. Needs someone to get the ball to him. So I have a I have a sleeper here that hasn't been mentioned in any trade talks, and the chances of it happening are exactly 005 percent. But I do have a place where they at least have enough young assets that it's possible. 
Go I ahead. don't know how the financials would work. I don't know what it would look straight, like. Straight, I know, no, I no, no, know straight most up, of straight up, straight up, straight up, straight up trade. Just LaMelo Ball for James Harden. Like, they're on the same level basically <laughs> already. So, like, it, it makes sense. Baylor, no, Baylor knows what I'm going to say. Baylor, what am I going to say? MJ just has that let killer me, instinct me, to, get the, to get the trade done. The Wizards? No. Wait, wait. E- East or West, Co- West Conference? Uh, Western Conference. Western Conference. Not the Wizards. That's stupid. They just traded for um, Western Conference. Other guys are... I the, root for it. Oh, Nuggets. No, not the Nuggets. Warriors. The Timberwolves. Oh. No, I don't know. They don't. They... I know there's financial factors at play. I don't know how it would look. Okay, let me let me think. I can if, I can call it something. So they have Beasley. If, if the Rockets, you got Anthony Edwards as a young piece. You got future draft picks. If I'm trying to think, you know, D'Angelo Russell could be involved. But one way or another, if you find a way to pair It'll up. It would probably be Rubio, Malik Beasley. But it would have to be later in the offseason because unless you want to give up D'Lo, Wait, which Sco- I don't think they want Scottie to Scotty Pippen Jr.'s mom's boyfriend? Yeah, Scottie oh, Pippen. Uh, no, so I think Malik. it would probably be Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, and like Ricky Rubio. Yeah, and then you'd have to throw in picks to make it happen. No, probably just one. Because the thing, they don't, you know their pick is unprotected this year to the Warriors, right? So if they suck, the Warriors get another top. Bro, another that's top. so stupid. Well, okay, wait, 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 wait. Time out. Like, what about the Warriors, though? The Warriors have assets. Right? Not but they don't have assets for Jack. What are you kidding me? They don't have Jack. Wiseman, that pick. And then like either like I mean you could you could throw like clay in there or something. You well, know no, I mean? why would they do that? No, I'm not I'm not saying like I don't think on, they like, should give up play either. I'm not I'm not saying they no, should, they only, but like as okay, a potential destination. Wait, 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 wait. I mean like you're not you're, James Harden is an upgrade over Clay Thompson. No. No play, like player for player. No. Maybe not no, in the system. No. Maybe not in the system. Okay, yeah, obviously he's a better player, but yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. I would no, I'm not yeah. saying it does. I'm just saying it's like a possibility. I'm just throwing out. I, I mean, mean, they could do. I'm just throwing no, out I respect stuff. it. I, I respect yeah, it. I, guys. I respect <laughs> it. But I'm not, I have something to say about what Ethan said because, like, I agree with Baylor that Clay is obviously a better fit for the Warriors, and I don't think they'd break up the splash. We're, we're all we're all agreeing with that. I, I never said but, otherwise. But, but the the Golden State Warriors have a proven aggressive front office that dreams big and will move shit around to land a really good player like James Harden. They've done it before, not in a trade, but you know, that they, they did manage to bring KD in when it was like, okay, the Warriors couldn't get any better. And then they signed the second yeah. best player in the world. <clears throat> so it wouldn't be the most shocking thing to me for me, uh, to me for him to land in golden state. I think that's more likely than him landing in Minnesota. Uh, the only reason that I brought that up, I just, you know, I think they have young talent in Minnesota. I think it's possible. And to see him with Carl towns would just put a big smile on my face. Cause <laughs> I, I think they could do some stuff. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that... So, like, here, the, I, I, the trade I, would probably be, like, Draymond Green. Yeah. It would be Draymond Green, Kelly Oubre, like, Kavon Looney, and then, like, uh, three pick swaps, the Timberwolves pick, and another pick. You're not wait, even wait, including not Wiseman and that unprotected pick? I feel no, like that's, that's what, what it would be centered around. The, I, I mean, I, I don't know if the Warriors want to give up Wiseman. Because then who... They don't have a starting... I'm just saying. I mean, like, you said, I think you they said would they rather didn't have assets, up. and they have assets to give up. Is what like, that's, that was I the think, point that I was making. I think they would rather give up. Like, if I'm the Warriors, I would rather just say, "F it, dude," and have Harden, Steph. I would, dude. Okay, like as much as I hate the the Warriors, I think that would be sick to watch. That's what I'm saying. Harden, Steph, that's and literally Clay. what I'm saying, bro. I would. Cry. That, that I, would I think crazy. there would still be parity because yeah. I, I don't think that, like, I don't think Clay is the level of player that like. 
And I think Draymond Green means a lot to that team. So like they don't have. That's to, what like, I'm saying. That's yeah. also what I'm saying. Like no, I don't. I don't think it would happen because bro, they would drop like 160 points a game, but allow like 155. <laughs> it would be so no, fun to watch. No, they would allow 180, bro. Yeah. What do you mean? Got to remember, Clay. Clay's not playing this year. He's coming off a torn Achilles and a torn yeah. ACL. So there's there's a lot to say there. And also Clay wouldn't play this year. So for this season, I don't think it would ruin parity at all because Steph and James against. You know, it's just another duo added to the mix. It's Steph, Steph and Harden against LeBron and AD against Kawhi and PG. It's another well, wait, duo. So is is Harden on the last year of his deal? Uh, no, he's got plenty of time. He okay. just signed an okay. extension. So it, this isn't like a like a one year trade sort of thing. No, like no, it's no, no, okay. Well, I mean, so if that happens, like then yeah, you still have that Steph, James, and Clay dynamic. That would be very interesting. Um, Baylor. My, my bad. Thanks, Baylor. I don't know what that was, but it's the uh, when you click on ESPN, it gives oh, you a yeah. stupid video. Oh uh-huh. That sounded. He's little... he's signed until twenty twenty three. Sounded a little interesting though. He's got uh... three. <laughs> he's got he's got three years left. Interesting. So you get two years of all... Harden, Clay, and stuff. Yeah. We've all been there. Forgot the last thing we were doing on our phones. <laughs> I've never had the volume on though, Nate. You know. <laughs> yeah, and then you'd have to press play too. But... Yeah, I mean. <laughs> My worst. I, d- I definitely worst think nightmare. someone saw over my shoulder that I was on. For sure. No, Baylor. Whoops. <laughs> Dude, the worst oh nightmare. My God. <laughs> you guys know I watch. <laughs> I'm sick. Hear me out. Just like, bro, hey, fist bro. bump, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the worst thing that could possibly happen. Have you ever, if you guys ever like had to like airplay? Uh, yes. Like an iPad to do a class project, yes. <laughs> bro. That <laughs> shit is so class. scary. I go through like, sorry, I go through like seventeen <laughs> times. Make sure I ain't got no, like none of the windows are open. Like my search history is good. Like nothing. I checked that shit five times, <laughs> in a row. Oh my god. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, Paul George just signed uh, a five-year max extension with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, look, I, I have some thoughts on this. <laughs> first of all, Paul George is an absolute bitch. Uh, <laughs> first of all. Bro, he said my MVP season when he got third. <laughs> In an interview? No, 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 no. No, oh no he's, like, he's like... He's like, yeah, I'm back with my trainer for my that I had my MVP season. First of all, who cares? Like, yeah, bitch, se- you got third. Se- <laughs> second of all, like, for I mean, like, well, why are you like switching trainers after you had like that breakout season? Third, like, why does it matter? And like the, the like he, he, it's just he's just Mister Excuses. Like I, the people that I hate the most in the entire world are just people that make excuses. Like just. Like say they'll do stuff and then it just they just don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and Paul George has done that. I mean how long? Like at least his this entire, entire season, if not yeah. more. Like he did it in OKC as well. Like I don't know about his time in Indiana before the injuries. I wasn't really following basketball too closely back then, but um man, like he and like just the just this pa- this past week alone, this past month, like just the month of November, he was just pointing fingers. He was just talking about yeah, everyone Rivers, but everyone himself, there, literally. And it just makes no like what what if you're the Clippers front office, what goes through your head that like yeah we want five more years of this, paying the absolute maximum you know that we can they we gave can up pay for him? They have to. It's so they, like they they literally uh, have to. Yeah, um, I just. 
I agree with you, Ethan. And he performed absolutely atrociously as everyone in the mother. Again, Again like that's a it's a thing. Yeah, like but, playoff P is a meme. It, yeah. So, but, first of all, he nicknamed himself that. How funny is that? The second yeah. of all, it's now a meme because he's bad in the playoffs. Like, no, but, but you I can't honestly, like make this stuff up. I think he'll play better this postseason than he did last. Yeah, I and don't that's think not a very high. I, I said that this no, season. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a bad postseason player. Look at his time in Indiana, freaking going up against. Uh, LeBron. People just figured him out. Like, no, but no, he I, was I just, don't think he was just flat out missing shots this postseason. Yeah, exactly. Like he was wide butt cheeks open and just missing threes. Yeah, he he just bricked a lot of shots. I think he'll rebound and have a more competitive postseason. I think this year, no, especially. But it's, like, but it's like how many how many years in a row have we said that? I'll still take the Lakers in like six. Like I, I think the Lakers in five. I think the Clips compete with them better than both of you are giving them credit for. No, I just, I, I, I was. I, I think I think that from this season, there's too much of of rift in that locker room still for them yeah. to do anything. Yeah. Well, we can we can speak more on that in a bit. Yeah. Okay. So the the other thing that I want to mention is uh, Anthony Davis signed a contract for thirty six million dollars less. No way. Five years, 190 me? versus five years, 226. Oh, my God. The oh. the, the Lakers GM, Polinka is one of the best GMs in the NBA. I'm just really sad. At this sad. point to me. Yeah. I'm I'm just, it is ridiculous. I'm just really sad for the Clippers organization. No, it is. It's it's sad. It's, it's really but sad. I have to keep... Polinka... Like, like, to, like to be fair, they had to, like, take a chance. Like, if you're... If you're te- like, Going from where they were the year before, the Clippers. Oh, they have year. to. They have to. They have to. No, yeah. 100%. No, no, no. It just like making the move for Kawhi and PG. Like, who wouldn't do that? You know what I mean? Like, it was it was made in good judgment, and now they're just sort of in this hole because it didn't work out. Um, and I, and I, Palenka's I just, probably I just top think three. It's Paul George, I it, like, and the, uh, honestly, I, I've I've had I'm had my problems with Kawhi, but I think it's. Uh, and we more. can talk. We can, we can talk more about this in a second. But I just I just want to mention that I literally think Polinka is probably the best, if not the second best, because I think Presti has to be. Yeah, Sam Presti's been putting it work. But like, it is ridiculous. Like, yo, Presti we, has oh, yo, we gonna talk about uh, uh thirty nine. Who, who is who is the who is the the Sixers guy that uh they trust the process? Uh, trust, you know, Hink, yeah. Hinky. Yeah, Hinky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Someone signed my man Hinky, bro. James like, Jones is also uh, not bad. The Suns GM, uh, but is that the old Heat Heat player? No way. Wait, he's the Suns GM. Yeah. No way. Yeah. No, what? he's been ridiculous. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Like, like bench warmer James Jones. Yep. Like only shoots threes. Yep. Bro, I played with him two K so much. He's a bug. Like I only played with the Heat. What? That's about right for you though. Yeah. Hundred percent about right for Ethan. Yeah. Picks up two K. You know what team I'm gonna use? Heat. Bro, come on. I was like 12. Like, what, what do you want? You're really going <laughs> to... That's what you're going to talk... Come on. Of all the things that uh, you can... Like, you got to talk trash about anyone stuff you can talk who picks trash up 2K12 about. and is like, you know who I'm going to play with? <laughs> LeBron, <laughs> D-Wade, and Bosh. Bro, dude, like, I'm telling you. Underrated. Underrated. We're talking like 2K11 and 12. I used to play as the Bulls all the time because I had Kirk Heinrich and Nate Robinson off the bench. And Bro, Ben Gordon was oh, a no, no, bucket. No. No, you, oh, no. You know why I played with the Heat? It was because I got drafted to them in my player. That's why I played with them. But like when I played like my career and stuff, or no, 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 the my team, I would play with the Celtics. I forget who was on that team. 
Oh no, I remember it's Delonte West at point guard. That's all oh, I the remember. Celtics. Yeah, it's <laughs> bro. That that was Paul Pierce. That was before. That was after the Ray Allen. So they had like thirty nine year old yeah. Ray Allen and thirty nine year old KG. No, yeah, it was. Uh, I remember it was Delonte West, and then I see him in the news because like Mark Cuban like takes him. I'm like, holy crap! Like I played with that guy in two cases. Bro, so did you much. guys see what Mark Cuban did for JJ Barea? He's no. a freaking legend. So did he get him like some like? So he cut like so like JJ heel, Barea was, heel basketball shoes or like no. stilts. So, so JJ Barea was. <laughs> Was gonna get cut by the Mavs, really, um, but Wait, for really? what he's done for the last eleven seasons, instead of just letting him walk, Cuban said we'll sign him to a one-year deal, one year, two point six million dollars for what he's done for the for the organization, and then they just let his contract go. So they still they're still gonna pay him the two point six million dollars. Wow! But but like he can like sign elsewhere. Yeah, that's crazy. Just giving him. Three million bucks. That's ridiculous. I mean, Mark Cuban's that. Dude. That's I think so he's cool. the best owner. Yeah. Oh yeah. If by not far. in sports, in the in the NBA. Also, the best personality on Shark Tank. Yeah. Yeah. Far and away. Oh, in my by opinion. far. No, no the not. other the other white no, 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 guy's no, no, not, not bad. Not not no. I don't I don't like him. I like um uh what's the what's the guy that's six next to Mark Cuban? Oh, the the angry guy. No no no. That's that's uh Robert right? No no no. That's uh O'Leary. No, not Robert. That's the Kevin. other one. Wait. No, the kind of mean one. That yeah, the guy in the middle, right? Like the actual shark. Yeah, hold the on. Black dude. Yeah, I didn't. No, I didn't not, want to say that. Not the black guy. Oh the yeah, other da- guy. yeah, Damon John. Damon John's really cool. Kevin O'Leary, I hate. Kevin's Lo- the mean. One. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like that's Kevin. what I said. No, I hate Kevin. Lori's Wonderful's cool. Barber's cool. I don't like Robert. I like I like Damon John and Mark Cuban. I don't like Lori. I like Lori. She's cool. I uh, you're tripping. I don't know. Um. Anyway, yeah, so, I mean, like, bro, the Clippers are just, I, I don't know what they're doing, and, Nate, we can go, we can sort of go into a little bit, but just the leadership that was shown, it just, in the, it, I mean, it it starts with, it starts with Kawhi, and then it also goes into PG, just, like, they were just unable to lead that team, and, you know, me and Nate have had this argument that, Nate, I, I don't know, what's your main argument, establish your argument really quick. Okay, so essentially, I think there's more than one type of leadership. And I'm not saying that Kawhi Leonard is a Kobe Bryant or a LeBron James or a Michael Jordan or even a Steph Curry caliber leader um, because he lacks the ability to diffuse situations, vocally speak up, and guide a team together. But I think that Kawhi Leonard simply being the guy that he is, showing up and putting in the work that he does, and being the best defender out of all the superstars in the NBA, I think the tone that he sets you know, that coupled with, you know, not being as ball dominant as some other stars, uh, his ability to ignite a team and lead by example, I think qualifies him as a very strong leader, regardless of whether or not he lacks some leadership qualities. I, and compl- also, I, I, I completely disagree. And Sorry, let me, let going. me finish. Let me finish. Also, I will say, and I, this is what I was talking with you about, Ethan. I think LeBron could lead any group of guys in the NBA. And I'm not saying that Kawhi is LeBron. But you have to be a special type of leader to lead Marcus Morris, Pat Bev, and Montrez Harrell, because they're all just a, a, they're jerks and they disrespect the game of basketball and they do their antics and they have like their whole thing going on. And that's what I was observing. And I said it during the Mavs series before they ever progressed further into the playoffs and eventually got eliminated by the Nuggets. You know, I'm watching that series and I kept saying, Kawhi looks like he's ashamed to be grouped in with these guys, that he's teammates with these guys. Like he's just not about the drama. No. You know, you have okay, these so- guys get- Getting, let me finish, getting into scraps every game, and Kawhi's just, he just wants to hoop. 
He's all about business. And I will say, I think that Kawhi's type of leadership works when you surround him with the type of people who reflect his personality. And because his type of leadership is only affected, uh, effective in a specific type of circumstances, that's why I agree with you, Ethan. He's not on the LeBron, Kobe, MJ level of leaders, and he never will be. But what I'm saying is given the right group of guys, I think he's a fantastic leader and he sets a tone and an example for an organization. Yeah, but you're asking for very specific circumstances. Like like, like the, the Toronto the Raptors, Raptors are the, not, yeah, there's not the many perfect, teams like the Toronto Raptors. The perfect situation. No, but like I think he I, just came in and he was just unquestionably the best player and he didn't even have to do any leadership because they already had a hierarchy like involved. Like Kyle Lowry didn't get his feelings hurt that Kawhi got more touches than him. Like, but like when he came, when him and PG came in, Montrez, Lou Will, Pat Bev, they were the three guys before they came in. And then they're they're seeing, first of no. all, their special treatment gets taken away, and then Kawhi and PG get all this special treatment, no, and they I just can't Kawhi... like just as men, you just can't like, like just co like just come in and and but... just have that like dominant like hierarchy like that, and then just like say it and or just like take it, and just like not address it or like treat people the right way coming into that situation. I think that was what happened, and mm-hmm. and it, 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 I don't know. It's I'm not, not I'm not explaining it well, but. No, no just let me say, it's not like the Raptors are the only team that what Kawhi did could have worked on. He just needs a team where the majority of the team, you know, the players there, their goal is to play basketball and play winning basketball. I think that's what he needs. Wait, wait, and you wait, had wait a you, keep, you keep saying you keep saying play basketball. Kawhi, no, Kawhi is the biggest load manager out there. Same no, with PG. Okay, so. I can, I agree with you that the load managing is a bad look. How are you going to say that you're my, oh yeah, I'm looking up to my very strong leader who decided not to play today or said, Doc Rivers, no, I don't want to check into the game right now. Because like, that happened. That happened season. in the playoffs. That happened literally in the playoffs. Clippers players were saying, now nah, we're good. Yeah. And I think, I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken, Kawhi at one point said during the playoffs, or, no, I think it was Paul George said that he didn't want to check back in while Jamal Murray and Nikolai Jokic are playing 47, 48 minutes yep. in that series, Paul George is, is playing like 36. Kyle Lowry would never do that. Kyle Lowry, no one on the Raptors would ever do that. And that has nothing to do with Kawhi Leonard. I don't think Pat Bev would ever do that. I don't, I don't think Lou Will would ever do that. And I don't think Montrez would ever do that. So I have, no, I have no counterpoint. I think it's shameful to take nights off when you don't need to. And I think it's it's utterly shameful to back out of checking back into a playoff game. I have no counterpoint. And if Kawhi was honestly like checking himself out of basketball games in the playoffs, then I then I'll lose a lot of respect for him. Now, look, but what look. I am what I am saying is that you had players on the Clippers whose antics and the things that they would do, they were more worried about pissing off the other team and bringing attention unto themselves than they were about playing winning basketball. And I think that if you put Kawhi in the proper circumstance which is the vast majority of teams in the league minus a few that his, his type of leadership would be far more effective in those circumstances. I think it's like a personality fit problem more so than it is Kawhi's a terrible leader, because I think that LeBron, sure. LeBron could have brought those guys together. Sure. Kobe should could have brought those guys together. Chris MJ Paul could have brought, brought those guys together. I think like, yeah, Chris Paul's another phenomenal name, but there's, there's just not that many is what I'm saying. I think there's more than you're given credit. I, I agree. Look, Ram, so Ram, Look, look, one of the one of the biggest roles of a leader is establishing an environment in which everyone can thrive and succeed, right? Could you sort of agree with that? Yeah. Now look, the this athlete and I know like 
this is investigative journalism, so probably not everything in this is is true. Maybe some of it, some of it's taken out of context. But the Athletic wrote a very detailed article that had very clearly been like in the works all season, right? Just about the Clippers' problems internally, not on the basketball court, just between the guys, right? And just chemistry issues. Now, look, <clears throat> I mean, look. So to set the stage, I mean the last season or before last season, it's the main guys are Pat Bev, Montrez, Lou Will. Those are those the three guys on that Clippers team. They and bring Gallinari. in and Gallinari, right? That, that he's sort of irrelevant at this point. Bring in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and already the hierarchy is just flipped, right? And to them, they felt sort of betrayed because they were treated differently after that. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard came in and demanded special treatment, which, like, what are you going to say? It's Kawhi, right? Well, so, what's the, what's, can, did they detail what the special treatment was? Yes, yeah, some of the, yeah, I'll, I was about to read them right here. Some of the perks included Paul, uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were the only players to have their own personal security guards and trainers, the only players to have those. Leonard and George had power over the team's practice and travel schedule, leading teammates to believe Leonard canceled multiple practices just to do his own stuff, like endorsements, stuff like that, stuff that he just wanted to do. Uh, Leonard was allowed to live in San Diego and commute from there, which often made him late for team flights. Very good leadership qualities there, just like, eh, screw your teammates, I'm just going to be late just because I want to be more comfortable. Leonard and George typically didn't speak to the media until at least 45 minutes after games concluded under the guise of, a po of post-game treatment or workouts. This usually resulted in their teammates speaking with the media first and for longer, essentially becoming the public voices of the team. So we have, like, more of a... You see more of Lou Will, Pat Bev, Montrez, like, after the game, like, trying to, like, talk about what's going on without actually saying it, so it makes them look worse. Because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can't sit up and actually take accountability for what's going on. Also, teammates also believe that Leonard and George were able to pick and choose when they played. Not only did they sit out games entirely, but also at times they accepted or declined playing time in the moment, which you just talked about. That's a lot of stuff. And here's a couple quotes. Two league sources. Uh, Quote-unquote, Kawhi wants too much special treatment. That's definitely a problem here. Also, one guy was like, what were the Clippers going to do about it? It's Kawhi. Yeah, As a direct that's quote. That's bad. All right, so I, I'll be honest. It's not very often that my mind gets changed. That's in bad. Like this, but I'm, that's despicable. And I'll say this, you know, well, just uh, okay. Yeah, the only, the only, I have, I only have one counterpoint because none of those actions are justifiable. Uh, or I guess two points really. One is that the Athletic is a magazine whose job it is to give stories that are intriguing to people and make them want to read it. And I, I'm not, you know trying to say that it's a complete fabrication but like tell me like which one of those didn't make sense because they all totally was, make sense to me you know what i mean it was yeah and it was sort of like the same thing do you remember the bleacher report bombshell article that was it took me like an hour and a half to read i swear to god it was the longest article in existence which one was it but about the implosion of green bay and everything that happened with mike mccarthy and aaron Rodgers. oh i never read that what, what was that one about it was it was very long and it painted mike mccarthy in a very negative light and aaron Rodgers as a, also a bad guy and just these two bad guys clashing with each other and basically a lot of Packers teammates after the fact, the main message of what was being said is that, you know, there's a lot of truth to what was in that article, but there was also a lot that was exaggerated. Yeah. And it was clearly an attempt to get people to read it was the, you know, Greg Jennings, a couple other former Packers, you know, spoke about it. That makes sense. And that was the general message. So I'm saying that could be at play here is one thing. And the other thing is that, you know, I have, I have no problem with 
stars, you know, like LeBron does a lot for himself. Like a lot. Oh yeah, no, I was also going to add on to that. It's LeBron not, it's, never... it's very normal for stars to receive special treatment. Like LeBron yeah. can do whatever he wants, but then he, but he, would never he backs it up. And LeBron would always make sure his teammates uh, res- exactly. like understand why he's doing what he is. If anyone had any questions, they could always feel I mean, free to I ask. I mean, Kawhi Leonard for his warm-up pregame, he would he would they would like schedule the uh, the it was like a woman's locker room. They would schedule out forty five minutes to where that was like just Kawhi's time. He would just warm up by himself in there forty five minutes pregame away from his teammates. How is that leadership? What what it's, sort of environment? What sort of precedent does that establish on that Clippers team in that locker room when like your star just isolates himself? You know what I mean? Like we have to ask. Like it's not it's not just like leading by example. You also have to be like the social aspect of it. Like he's literally just like ditching them to like you know what I mean? Like yeah, that, you if, if you're if you're Kawhi's teammate, like that doesn't feel good. He, yeah. he it's hard to argue that he's a strong leader when he's a bad teammate. You can't be yeah, a leader he, and a bad teammate at the same time. Like I said, I don't know what the validity of this story is, but if Kawhi's really leaving teammates in the dust like that and not no, I, I can tell you that part. Like the Clippers, so it <clears throat> on the surface it looks sort of sexist that he like would specifically like target the women's locker room and would like it made it sound like it was like sort of sexist, but like there obviously like wasn't any intent there. It was just like it would, and the Clippers said like no, like it's not like that. Like it's just part of the himself. schedule. Right. So they sort of like confirmed that it was happening and just said that, no, there's no like obviously there isn't. But like, you know, I, I can see that some people would be like, eh, it's a little like weird. Right. But no, but like it, it that that did happen. Like that's one of the things that is not questionable. You know, so you, you can't be a leader and then at the same time be alienating people in your group. And if, he, if he's alienating teammates and leaving them out to dry and completely neglecting the needs of his teammates, then, yeah, obviously that's a huge problem. And I would lose a ton of respect for Kawhi. Uh, I unfortunately am not as wealthy as Ethan here and I don't have an athletic subscription, but if you wanted to send me, I I use Aiden's athletic subscription. Like I don't have my own. He's still logged in on my phone. So I just like from time to time, just like surf a little bit. Yeah. I can't afford that. (laughs) But, but look, if, if those, you know, rumors or maybe they're more than rumors at this point are true, then yeah, I lose a ton of respect for Kawhi and I I would not respect him as a leader. If, if all of this is true and this is what, is, is how he's choosing to treat his teammates, then yeah, I think that's obviously a massive and problem. I have another question here, Nate. Yeah. So do you, do leaders always have to be the best player on the team? Because no, I think I a guy like J.J. Barea is probably one of the better leaders in the NBA. I would agree. A oh, guy, dude, that's what I was, yeah, Baylor, just you brought up what Mark Cuban did earlier. Did you see J.J.'s reaction to it too? I did not. Oh my God, dude. Like He was like crying in a press conference talking wow. about how much he mark in the city of Del- like yeah it was that's, beautiful that's but really cool. there, there's plenty of players that i think that are like that especially veterans later in their career that just have the respect to the locker room that are probably better leaders than Kawhi leonard is they mean more to a locker room than Kawhi leonard does like yeah the, there's plenty of guys that are I, I off the top of my head i'm trying to look at rosters and give you exa- udonis haslam is probably yes. the biggest one right yes. now like yes if the heat traded udonis haslam the heat players would probably quit like there is so much love and respect in that locker room for Udonis Haslam. This dude has played like two minutes the last three Wait, seasons. He's still on the Heat. He resigned no this year. Way. Are you kidding? He keeps me? saying he's going to he retire. Retired. He keeps saying he's going to retire, and then retired. they they say, "Well, thirty-two million dollars to sit on the edge, edge of our bench." No way. Yes, I thought he was retired. Like he's a better leader I than you were talking Leonard. about, like the LeBron nope. days. Yeah. Right no, now, no. holy crap, that's insane. Yeah, yeah that's a perfect example. 
I think I think you're very much right that that type of leadership is important and pivotal to a locker room. And I, I don't disagree with you that, that that's valuable. Uh, as for like the best player on the team being the leader, it's not so much that they have to be the leader so much as I think the best player has to be a leader. Because if your best player is a diva who screws off a lot, is egocentric, doesn't really care about their team, it's sort of like Paul exactly- George Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's sort of like exactly the light that Ethan like is talking about with Kawhi Leonard being in right now. I would never think of Kawhi as being that guy. But if he is that guy, then yeah, I think that's incredibly problematic. I don't think the best player has to be the leader, but the best player has to be a leader and set an example and be a hard worker and be generally a nice person to their teammates, uh, be well-respected. I think all of that is pivotal that your best player be respected and you know, loved by the people that they surround themselves with. Now, look, let me, let me clarify a few things. I mean, I, I mean, going into this postseason, I was just riding the Clippers. I was a big Kawhi guy, especially when it was time in Toronto. I have his jersey, his Clippers jersey, like City Edition. Like, it's like one of my favorite jerseys. Like, I love Kawhi Leonard. And, Nate, you know, you were very surprised when I was being very harsh on him because you know how much I like him much more than you do, right? Yeah. But... I, I, it's more that I'm disappointed because I feel like he just has the potential to be so much more, especially since so many guys in the NBA are such like big personalities, like very much so like I guys like James Harden, like he's not even practicing right now. He's in a strip club with little baby. You know what I mean? Like instead of like being yeah. with his team and just owning up to everything that's going on, you know what I mean? Like, and Kawhi just like, doesn't really like, it seems like he wouldn't do that. But like, so that's, that's why this is so surprising and why I, I feel like most people just like don't know, just sort of like, because Kawhi just sort of like flies under the radar. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, see, and Ethan, like just to show you how like, I think this is like a good moment, honestly, like for me at least to reflect about how perceptions don't always equate to reality. Because like my observation of Steph Curry as a basketball player is that he's incredibly egotistical. He celebrates after every shot. He's I, very I don't, much- I don't, personally, I don't see that in Steph that Let much me, at all i think he's just like having fun anyway, yeah yeah sorry i ahead. think i think he's a big look at me guy is my perception of him but i've always thought that he related incredibly well to his teammates and the warriors like there's never been a single warriors player who didn't have a ton of respect love and admiration for Steph. Curry. i think the Not other one that you have to mention there is um it's got to be um sorry it's it's got to be russell westbrook like everyone Every single person in the media and on Twitter loves to tell you that Russell Westbrook's this horrible, terrible leader. He's not. Every single yeah. teammate has the utmost respect for him. Every yeah. single teammate say that this dude would literally, like, in essence, like, die for me. Like, if there's anything I ever need, Russell Westbrook's the first guy to step up. Steven yeah. Adams says it, you know. But- Every single player says that, and there's guy, there's there's always going to be guys like that. And also, I think also Kawhi by the way, on the opposite spectrum. Taylor, yeah, Taylor, Steven Adams wanna... is a good example of a guy who's not the best player guy on the team, but he's like a really really good leader. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to say this about Russ because Baylor, I agree completely with you. Prior to the information that Ethan's giving me now, I would have classified Russ and Kawhi as relatively similar leaders because Russ is the same type of guy who brings that energy, he brings that fire, and he sets a tone and an example for an entire organization because he gives his all to the sport and loves his teammates. And that's kind of the way that I thought Kawhi was prior to hearing this information. Cause it's not like uh, Russ is the, I, I don't think of Russ as being, uh, unless he's way different and is, you know, private, you know, personal inner, you know, with, with the team than the way I perceive him. But like, I don't think Russ is the vocal leader that LeBron James or Chris Paul are 
it's more that he brings that energy and that fire every game and his teammates know that he leaves it all on the court and that they can, you know, have him. He's always there for his teammates. And that's the way that I thought that Kawhi was. Like the way that you're describing Russ is exactly how I would have thought of Kawhi and why I defended Kawhi as a leader, despite the fact that he's kind of an introvert and lacks vocal leadership qualities prior to hearing this information. Well, look, so I, I will I will throw in a couple caveats. Like, so with the article, so <clears throat> Kawhi and MPG both rubbed their teammates the wrong way, uh, like coming in, right? The start of the year, all the way through the, the bubble and everything, or like up to the quarantine. Um, and it was just like, a lot of just anger and tension within the locker room because of this. And they just never like, it, it felt like they just like Kawhi and PG, like looked down on everyone else because they were the special treatment, all this stuff. Kawhi realized, like, I think it, I, I don't remember specifically, but towards the end of the season into the postseason, like crap, like if we are going to win a title, we need to sort of, you know, I sort of need to like actually be a leader and tried to like reach out and, you know, build some bonds and like actually like, create these connections with his teammates like crazy. What a concept, but obviously it was too late and the rift was sort of already there. Um, I, th I do think that, Oh yeah. Another thing I was, uh, it's very normal for star players to receive special treatment. And this is not like a just quiet PG thing. It's just the way that it all came together with the core of the team being in place and then bringing in two stars and they automatically get treated way better than everyone else. It was just the specific context in which it happened, which just created this rift. Like LeBron being treated like this is not a problem. We've already sort of talked about this, but um, it's just the way that it came about sort of, it was sort of materialized artificially to where normally it's like LeBron like earns that special treatment. Kyle Lowry earns that special treatment, right? Um, sort of, sort of like that perspective. Um, and I also think that, Serge Ibaka is really going to help the Clippers in this aspect next season. I don't think that it's going to fix everything. I think the fact that Montrez left for the Lakers really says something about how he felt about the situation. Say what you want about. I, I honestly like some of the personalities on the court with the Clippers and what sort of what you were talking about, Nate, how there's all just sort of pricks that just like pick stuff. I, I think that was a, like a result of the locker room turmoil and it was just a lot of frustration because clearly the the talent was there and Lou Will even said it in a quote he's like when like we weren't close but we got bailed out by talent and that was the frustrating part is what he said it's quoted in the article so I think that some of the I think some of the frustrations were just taken out on the court I'm not going to excuse everything that happened um but like Montrez just dipping for LA and I think that says a lot about the situation as a whole but I do think that Serge Ibaka is going to to like significantly help just with how good of friends he is with Kawhi and how like just, I don't know, extroverted he is and such a positive personality. I think he's really going to help in that locker room personally. I don't think it's going to fix everything. And I'm a lot lower on the Clippers uh, this season than I, than I was last season. I, I still have Lakers in five in that series uh, whenever it happens in the playoffs. Um, but well, I, th I think Ibaka is definitely going to help. And it's definitely a step in the right direction. Fun guy Kawhi. What did yeah. you do, baby? Yeah, bro. Well, okay. Honestly, like PG is like the real problem here. Just Even, like on the court wise, personally, that, that's what I think yeah. on the court. But I'm just going to say you, uh, I think for the first time in on the sidelines history, uh, one of our minds was sufficiently changed live on the podcast on a given topic. Fuck yeah. Like I don't think that's Let's ever go. happened. I'm so excited. <laughs> Let's go. That out there. I, I will say two things. One is I don't think it's irredeemable. And I think that Kawhi could potentially change, understand. I no. think he's capable of growth. Uh -uh. No, I, I will tell you no. His I, entire I, life, I he's been the exact same person 
Um, if you look up stories about him, his dad died and he hasn't been the same since. His dad died in high school like and he's he's gone to this personality of he does not interact with people. He has his very little circle, his family that'll interact with like a normal person. And then outside of that, it's all about work and business and basketball. And I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, that is crazy. Yeah, but, no, but see, I, I knew about all that. What I don't get is this uh, sort of just mistreatment of teammates, I guess. I, I think I think that I think he can grow out of that. I guess is what I'm trying to say because I I know about all that stuff, Baylor, and I I agree. I don't think he's going to suddenly become an extroverted vocal leader who can command a locker room and take take charge of a team, but I do think he can adjust his ways in order to you know create a, a better environment for his teammates and show them more respect. I think this is the most important off season of Kawhi's career, past or or future. Um, I it, it, no, but, at least oh. Kawhi was able to recognize that there was a problem later in the season, albeit way too late. But he was able to like sort of try and start to build those bonds with his teammates, and he he it was sort of a wake up call for him. He realized like how important it is to actually have chemistry on the court and to actually like reach out to people, and like it, that's important, right? And he sort of he did that. He reached out to players um, during quarantine. He was working out. It was him, PG, and Lou Will, so that definitely helped that relationship. But obviously, it was too late. Um, I think that this off season with Serge Ibaka there now, um, them sort of rebuilding that trust that chemistry that they should have done last offseason right when you know like you hear players like like right when they get drafted like russ is texting you know whoever like you know like side to work you like here's the playbook like that just didn't happen when Kawhi went to the clippers and i it, it's cheesy when it gets reported you know what i mean it's like oh like yeah okay we know but like it, you know that's important and it didn't happen in la it, with the clippers and it's it was very apparent throughout the season so i think this offseason is incredibly important for Kawhi to establish those friendships, make it make it genuine. Like he wants to win. Like he cares about these guys, right? But like he, it just doesn't come across that way. Um, and he just needs to. It's really just all about how can you be a leader without communication? Yeah. So at the I, end of the I day, agree. you know what I mean. So th- it's really important for him this offseason, just for his legacy as a whole, honestly. The one area, Ethan, where you did not change my mind, and I'm going to avoid talking about the specifics of the series. Uh, as I've made a concerted effort to swear less on the show, and I don't want to get <laughs> myself going too much here. Um, but watching that Mavs Clippers series, you're not going to be able to convince me that a huge part of the problem is not Patrick Beverly, Montrezl Harrell's now gone, and Marcus Morris. Oh, no. and- I think that Mar- I don't like I don't like Marcus Morris, and actually he was a problem. So he he was a late acquisition for the Clippers uh, via trade. Um, he saw like the um, the rift in the locker room and he tried to sort of be that vocal leader and it just rubbed everyone the long way, the wrong way. So like no one likes Marcus Morris really. Yeah. No. So I, I, I'm, I've never liked Pat, Pat Bev, but in this instance, like he, I, he sort of was done dirty a little bit. And so was, so was Lou Will and so was Montrez. And even, like, even, I, I like on the court, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to convince you otherwise, yeah. but I would not be surprised um, if like some of that, their actions were just pent up frustrations about right. the just locker room turmoil and yeah, seeing I, the I potential with the team and the talent there and just not being able to like fully exercise the the full potential. You know what I mean? Maybe that's maybe that's an excuse for them losing, but it's not an excuse for their behavior and antics on the court. And I'm not going to sit here and like excuse uh, the way that those guys act. Well, I'm not excusing and it. I'm, think, I'm not I excusing that, it at all. Like that's just it's not either, okay. I, 
I know you're not excusing it, but what well, I'm saying and at the end of the day, if it's not okay, like why is Kawhi not like no, it doesn't take a, it doesn't take many words to say, cut the bullshit, let's play basketball. Yeah. If that's yeah. his whole mo, it doesn't take that many words. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree with you. All I'm saying is that while I agree with you that like this story and what's come out from this and what you've conveyed to me has made me lose respect for Kawhi Leonard, I haven't gained any for the other players in that locker room. And I still think that's probably the hardest group of guys of role players in the entire lead uh, league for a star player to lead. There's no harder group of people to bring together than those guys. I think, just, I, I think there are many, many players that would have been able to get that group together. I think there's about a few Chris Paul, LeBron James, Steph Curry. I don't know. I just think, any. I just think Russell Westbrook. I think any, I think I anyone I think anyone yeah, with Russell as a player is not good enough. They still wouldn't have won last year at all. And Russ might have. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, but you're Russ saying just pure leadership. Okay, okay, sure, thing. sure, Nate. That that's fair. But here, Kawhi Leonard was the absolute worst leader they could have chosen to try and go into that locker room and make it work. The worst, like on the very bottom of the list. Like I genuinely think if you just put like like any, the worst star player, there's a couple head coaches that. I think you could you could put in that situation that could 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 work yeah. out the locker room. Yeah. You know, you I know my Greg love for Nick well, Nurse. I, yeah, you know my love for Doc Rivers. Some of it definitely falls on Doc Rivers. I think Brad Stevens could figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, there's, there's three head coaches. I think those three guys. Even, even we got to give respect to uh, Spo. Spolster could oh, figure yeah. that out too. Oh yeah. Like th- oh, those yeah. four guys, I think could no, undoubtedly dude. figure it out. If we're if we're counting coaches, the list goes even deeper. You're just naming the top tier of guys, and I agree with you on that too. But if, if we're counting coaches, yeah, the list goes deeper because coaches can manage personalities. No, and I think that you have to mention that. Like it, you no, have no, to I, at least acknowledge. I, the I fact think. That, I like, think. I my have my have point is, my my point is, is that like looking at fit for Kawhi, the Los Angeles Clippers were the thirtieth thirtieth team in the NBA for fit for him. Yeah, well, you know what team I think he would fit uh, great on, actually, is uh, the San Antonio Spurs, just because, you know. And the Toronto Raptors, man. Well, okay, wait. Do you guys know what happened with Kawhi? Because, I don't know, like, Alex, like, tells me about Kawhi, like, forcing his way out of San Antonio. So there was an injury, and he wanted to sit out a a while longer, and the Spurs doctors were like, you're good to go. And then he got a second opinion. Well, so why is that not – why is, like – why are the – why is Kawhi painted in like a positive light after that whole situation? Or was it, it like, he like who was in the who was known. in the wrong? He was. He was ready to go. He just wanted to sit out a little yeah. longer because I he don't felt think his calf wasn't good. And the Spurs are the spur his hamstring. And the Spurs are the Spurs, and they said, You're ready to go. We'll trade your ass out of town if it means and I, know, I don't know. I it's now, it, that I feel like that whole situation flew very under the radar with like I mean, like that's just ego, right? Like, he he wanted his way out and he didn't want to play. Ethan, like that—that's something that we just haven't talked about. And it, right. it, I feel like I feel like just whole thing with the Clippers. It's surprising, but it shouldn't be based on his time in San Antonio. You no, but the mean? only reason we're even talking about Kawhi Leonard right now at all is because he's such a good basketball player. Yeah. So like, think about in your in your personal life, Ethan. Have you ever like you know? like been like wow the quiet kid in class dude that kid really rubs me the wrong way like no you've never felt that way because there's not a lot to vilify with Kawhi because he never says or does anything and that's what i'm saying but like he gets praised because he's quiet but like yeah you know no, what but i mean that's, like it's not and that's, that's that's what that was one of my draws to him like 
It's just That's like why people, I loved him in Toronto. You know what I mean? People can't critique what you say if you don't say anything. So I think that's why there's not really a the whole Kyrie lot. approach this season. He's not speaking to the media. <laughs> nice, yeah. dude. Well, that's and that, and, that, and that's why that's why it was sort of messed up that that he would make Kawhi and P or that Kawhi and PG would make the other role players like talk to the media for far longer than they had to, because like they just didn't have an opportunity to like face criticism. You know what I mean? No, I'm just telling you, this is why an article like this had to come out in order for Kawhi to be shown in a negative light. Yeah. Because realistically, you know, you have Kyrie will never shut up. Kevin Durant says, <laughs> Yeah, he says he's not going to talk to the media, bro. That dude will talk to the media. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, can, can I just say real quick, you know, in Kyrie's defense, the world is in fact flat. If it were spherical, <laughs> if it were spherical like all you idiots say, uh, you could only live on the North Pole because anywhere else. <laughs> You'd fall into a black hole for sure. Yeah, Stana would be the last person standing. Okay, no one else. <laughs> Facts. All right. Um, that is the, would you look at that? That's the big Nate Burkall. <laughs> it's time for the picks of the week. Uh, let's get into the standings, Nate. I have them for you. Uh, we are going to start with. Uh-oh, the low man on the totem pole. Low, low man on the totem pole. I know that Nate can't hear the uh, the sound bites, unfortunately. Uh that will be big Nate Gustafson coming in at 16 and 20 went one and two last week. Nate, we, we need a, we need a, we need an undefeated run this week to get, to get back to 500. I'm, I've just, I've been horrible. Lately. Uh, listeners listening at home. A lot of, you know, that I've had like a little bit of a gambling thing in the past. <laughs> uh, I've been smart since I got cold the last month. I haven't bet any football and I'm so confident in my picks this week that I'm getting back into it. I like about five games. You're obviously only going to hear my top three. But I'm getting back in the game. I love the board this week. Let's go. Uh, coming in second place, we have Baylor at 18, 17, and 1. Half game over 500. Hey, we're still above 500, baby. Go, baby. <laughs> you feel me? And starting, to, uh, Baylor went 1 and 2 this week. And starting to pull away, having another positive week at 2 and 1. The head on Mr. Mr. Ethan McReynolds coming in at 21 and 15. Six games above 500. Um... Baylor having a, a commanding two and a half game lead uh, above second place in Baylor and just widening the gap, that just gaping hole between me and Nate. Hey, so we're going to keep the picks going through the playoffs. So don't quit just yet. We got oh, a long bet. way. Oh man. Wait. So wait, how are we going to do that in the playoffs? You just pick. you pick every game. Oh, you pick every game. Well, I mean, we already do three. The most games there's going to be is four. We may as well pick uh, every game. I'm actually, I'm very down for that. Um, yeah. Nate, we'll start with you for, with your picks. Okay, uh, my first game of the week, I'm going to take the Seahawks minus 13 and a half. God, against I hate them. you so much. I hate you. Um, They're not going to so lose. They just probably won't cover now. You know? I know. You know, there's a whole lot of chirping going on uh, about the digression of Russell Wilson that I've contributed to myself because I cherish these moments in which he's playing poorly. Um, but I can guarantee you this guy's going to bounce back this week, have a huge week against a terrible, terrible Jets defense. Uh, Sam Darnold may or, you know, put up just enough points uh, for this to be within three possessions, but I'll take the 13 and a half. Uh, all I got to do is win by two touchdowns. I think the Seahawks come out uh, and absolutely beat the ever loving shit out of the Jets. I think this one gets <laughs> um, my second game of the week. The Pittsburgh Steelers are three point underdogs on Sunday night football against the bills. I'm going to take this game, uh, you know, coming off a loss against the Redskins. There's going to be, uh, excuse me, the football team, football team. Thank you. Inconsiderate piece of crap. 
Yeah. I hope you get canceled. But, you know, as of right now, because their loss came against the other conference as a one loss team, they would still have the tiebreaker for the one seed over the Chiefs. Uh, they lose that if they lose another game. So I think there's more urgency for them. Whereas for the Bills at this point, you're locked into either a three or a four seed. Uh, although the division is somewhat close with Miami right there, all Buffalo really has to do is beat Miami when they play again. I think there's less pressure on Buffalo in this game. I think the Steelers will come out uh, with more more pressure on them. I think they're the better football team. Big Ben should have a good game. Uh, and if there's one thing we know about Josh Allen, he's not particularly good against good defenses, uh, which the Pittsburgh Steelers are, even without Bud Dupree uh, and Devin Bush, who are both out for the year. You know, you still have names all over the place. Mike Hilton's an underrated corner. Joe Hayden somehow is ageless, still playing good football. You've got Minka, TJ Watt in the Defensive Player of the Year discussion, Stephon Tuitt, Cam Hayward. They just got guys everywhere. I think Josh Allen folds against a good team in prime time. I think the Steelers come out here, win this game by about a touchdown. I love them, plus three. And my final game of the week is going to be the Baltimore Ravens, who are two-point favorites on Monday Night Football against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the Browns have just strung together quite a few good games in a row uh, against relatively bad teams. And then last week, they come out with a big, big, big win against the Titans to bring them to 9-3 and three and lock up their first winning record in a very long time. Uh, and I think that, you know, for the for the Browns, there's some contentment. I think they're content uh, with the fact that they're in position for a wild card right now. Not a lot of urgency for them. Uh, I'm going to take the team that owns the other team. Uh, the Ravens beat the crap out of the Browns earlier this year. The Bra uh, Ravens have more talent than the Browns. The Ravens have a lot more urgency than the Browns. They have their backs against the wall. They're fighting for a wild card spot. They have to overtake either the Colts or the Dolphins. And I think once again, the team with more urgency will come out uh, with a better game plan. I think their better coach, John Harbaugh, is going to come in here. They're going to get a big win on Monday Night Football. Baylor, we'll go to you. All right, first game, Arizona Cardinals uh, minus three. Um, I haven't picked them last few weeks. Uh, I think they're due for a big win over the uh, New York Giants here. Um, second one, I uh, have to give a shout-out uh, to the Jaguars, Colin Johnson, uh, Hopefully he scores a touchdown, uh, keeps his streak of good games uh, continuing. Um, I also want to mention, uh, if you guys want to go out to Jacksonville on Sunday, the tickets are only $18 to watch a football game, <laughs> according to ESPN. So, uh, yeah, but I'll take the Titans minus 7.5 against the Jaguars. Um, and then my last game, uh, Big Nate, uh, the Colts, minus 3 against the Raiders. Raiders, I, I still don't buy the Raiders. I think they still suck. I don't care what anyone says. Um and I think Indy's just flat out better than they are, and it's it's a three point it's a three point game. I'll take the uh, take my points there. All right, um, for my picks, I'm going to start out with the Carolina Panthers against the Denver Broncos at minus three. Uh, I I just think that Teddy Bridgewater um, is better than people think. Uh, C Mac is still out, but Mike Davis has done very good filling in. The Broncos are just not a good team, and I think that the I I don't think it's a blowout or anything, but um, I think the Panthers are able to, to handle business against a very mediocre uh, Broncos team. <clears throat> My second pick, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers at minus nine at Detroit. Uh, historically, Aaron Rodgers just owns the Detroit Lions. Um, and Aaron Rodgers is playing at, a, at an MVP level. I know he's Nate's MVP right now. Uh, I think he keeps it going against the Detroit Lions, who he has just owned historically. And my third pick, I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers at minus three at home against the Washington football team. Uh, in Glendale. That's right, yeah, in, in Glendale, Arizona. Uh, my bad. Uh, I just think that the Niners, 
despite their injuries, they're they're sort of coming back a little bit, trying to make a late playoff push. Um, they were sort of competitive against against Buffalo. I think that they'll be able to to. I, I know that the Washington football team uh, is not bad. Uh, they're like a competitive middle of the road football team, same as the Niners. I just think the Niners have more talent, uh, and they're just getting healthier by the week. So uh, I think the Niners take that one. Um, boys. Anything I want to mention, uh, I told you guys Cam Akers is that dude, and the Rams are stupid for not freaking playing him more this year. All right? It literally cost me my fantasy season in uh, our league because they said, you know what, you know we're not going to play until freaking last week of the season for fantasy? Cam Akers. But, yeah, he's that dude. 5.9 yards per carry, 179 yards on uh, 177 yards on uh, Thursday Night Football. Get ready for the Cam Akers takeover. Nate, anything from you? Yeah, I was loving it. Baylor actually held on to him in the right league for me because the league he dropped him in, I went and swooped him up, and I got a playoff game this week. Baylor's Wait, what on league? Uh, family family league? league? I did not drop him. That was uh, Jimmy. Or, uh, Wait, you never Grandpa. drafted him? I, never dra- I didn't draft him in that league. I did not. What? I thought I you know. took him in every single league. No, I did not. That was the only league I didn't draft him in. It was the only league? Well, so then shout out to my grandpa then for, uh, <laughs> for dropping the makers. We love, was we love Gran- Grandpa G. Grandpa Jim, yeah. baby, let's go. Uh, here, let me tell you who drafted him. One sec. Uh, yeah, no, it was your grandpa. Your grandpa drafted I just saw, yeah, I saw him floating Jim's, out there. Jim's team. Yeah. <laughs> That's his team name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, anyway, thank you for tuning in to another episode of On the Sidelines. Catch us on Instagram at On the Sidelines with the three instead of the E and the the. Go and listen to all of our the rest of our content on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And for Nate and Baylor in studio, this has been Ethan. We'll see you next time on the sidelines.